Welcome back! Hey! Welcome again to the Media Post Podcast Year Wrap-Up for the year of 2017. Oh, it has One been year. quite a year. If you've been following us, yes. uh, which I know you have because you love listening to us, uh, we have officially wrapped up our thoughts on movies, TV, and music. So, what remains? It's video games, of course. But not necessarily in that order. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, unfortunately. <laughs> That's the other episode we're doing, just about non- things that are not necessarily in this order. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, um, um, what we've been doing is we've been doing uh, twofold, two things with these podcasts every day of this week. We've done uh, a k- recap of the year in this thing, and then we've been doing our top five list. So today will be no different. We'll start with... A recap of the stories that we covered about video games throughout the year of 2017. And then we'll end it all with our top five lists, each of us, of the, our favorite video games from the year. Yes. So, let's get rolling. Oh, yeah. And then we'll also determine uh, what our site number one video game was in the year, which actually would be kind of hard this year. Yeah. That'll be a conversation we'll have later, though. First, let's recap the year that was. Yes. And the first thing that came was also the first thing that went. And I'm talking about (laughs) Platinum Games. Scalebound got cancelled back at the beginning of this year. This was kind of the beginning of kind of a very strange year for Microsoft and the Xbox One as a platform. Yep. Uh, Because not only did Microsoft uh, at the end of last year announce the Xbox One X, which wasn't released until this year, but they also were having troubles keep holding down exclusives. In fact, there were basically no exclusives for the Xbox, except for, of course, Indie Darling Cuphead, Cuphead, which made a lot of waves this year for a lot of all sorts of reasons. But but ultimately, yes, the narrative about the Xbox has now become, well, where are the games? Uh, Which is a question we still don't have an answer for. Right. Uh, This is a question we were asking end of last year, which was, thanks for the powerful console, but what exactly am I playing? Yeah. And we're not talking about, like, multi-console uh, games, but rather exclusives, because, um, you know, if I'm going to choose for the two, I'm going to choose the one that does everything. Yeah. And not be, the one that runs 4K. To, to be fair, Microsoft's uh, company policy as a whole has kind of gotten away from that. They want things to be accessible on multiple platforms. In fact, one of their biggest things with the Xbox this year was expanding their uh, program that had... The, uh, the cross-play. Cross-play on both Xbox and PC. So it makes some sense why they wouldn't necessarily be too worried about console exclusives. Right. That being said, in comparison to the PS4, which is getting not only everything that they're getting and more, it doesn't look great. So, yeah, it's a weird time to be Microsoft. But we'll get to that later. What else do we got? Uh, we also have the... First couple of news is about um, the uh, what would become the Switch and one of the big uh, the big news stories of the year, just Nintendo in general. Yes, uh, the Switch, of course, made made waves all year long. It launched uh, in March, right? So, uh, but yeah, early in the year, we kind of got our first taste about what the Switch would uh, offer, what kind of thing it would be. Yes, which was a mystery throughout twenty sixteen. Yep. Uh, we also, uh, well, X, uh, Microsoft wasn't the only studio to shut down stuff because mm-hmm. Guerrilla Cambridge was shut down by Sony. 
the people who brought or who were a part of the team that brought Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Uh, they closed out their second office in order just to consolidate all of its talent. It seemed like this was more of a streamlining thing than it was like a traditional round of layoffs. It sucks, of course, still that people lost their jobs, but ultimately it looks like uh, um, it wasn't but, necessarily a studio closure. Gorilla still exists, and uh, uh, Horizon is still great. Yes, uh, because... Oh, yeah. We also have this... Uh, the whole uh, Oculus Rift from Zenimax and John Carmack with uh, being moved over to Facebook. That whole lawsuit was earlier this year. Yes, uh, the whole thing with uh, Zenimax, of course the parent company of Bethesda Games, uh, uh, was uh, involved in litigation uh, towards John Carmack and the crew over at Oculus saying that there were um, uh, elements of code that Carmack was uh, playing with while still at Zenimax that he used when he moved to Oculus. Uh, later, the, the it didn't seem like the case went really anywhere. Uh, no, basically they just said, while you didn't do anything wrong, this is still foul play, yeah. so we're going to slap a fine for you, and right. that's it. That's what it was. There was a bit of a fine, but ultimately it wasn't like a big loss in either court. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he got a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. In terms of what he got paid, what he's getting paid out with, yeah. it was just a slap on the wrist of what he had to pay. Yep. Uh, moving on, the actor strike, you know, for voice actors, continued uh, this year, going on ninety days um, into January, and eventually got settled later this year or earlier this year. Yeah, one of the biggest biggest uh, through lines this year was definitely that story. Um, but it ended up kind of getting there, uh, getting uh, getting a deal that they uh, that they, some of the deal that they wanted, not everything. Right, a lot of it was on streaming, and and in terms of um, you know, uh, was it like knowing what the game is yeah. before it comes out? Some content descriptions so yes. that we know that exactly what kind of content was in the games that they were recording for, whether it was a sequel to a known franchise, etc. Uh, but they did have a direct effect, the strike did, uh, on a direct effect on a lot of games that came out this year, including probably most notably uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm, the uh, second uh, like follow-up kind of prequel game uh, to Life is Strange. Uh, of course, major uh, uh, voice actress Ashley, Ashley Birch, who was, uh, voiced Chloe in the first game, was unable to return because she was a member of SAG. Uh, now that this has been uh, 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 this has been resolved. That's the word I was thinking yes. of. Yes. Uh, she is returning for the final episode of that uh, series and will uh, probably stick with the series from here on out, so that's good. But yeah, it's good to see that uh, they got what they needed uh, for the most part and that that's no longer a going concern. Yep. Uh, moving on to February, Call of Duty announced that it would go back to its uh, World War Two era style of gameplay. Right, yes. Uh, much to some fans' uh, happiness. Other fans, uh, not so much. The game ended up coming out later in the year to uh, kind of, would you say, meaty, tepid, tepid response? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole, like, because it went back to World War Two. there wasn't a whole lot of hoopla surrounding it. No. Especially once it came out that it, it was, they had, like, a Destiny-style homeroom. Yeah. You could say? And there was no one there. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see uh, what Activision chooses to do with the franchise next. I would not be surprised if they jumped right back out of World War II into something else. Yep. 
And uh, in order to get people back outside, uh, Niantic and Pokemon Go yes. decided to release its <laughs> second batch of characters uh, from Generation 2, Gold and Silver. Yes. Uh, not to be outdone, they would uh, once again do it again later in the year. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago for Gen 3, uh, Ruby and Sapphire. So yeah, if you're still uh, playing Pokemon Go, there are plenty more Pokemon to catch. So. Yeah, and then uh, Sprint made that weird deal with them for you yeah. Pokemon coins for phones. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you're a Pokemon Go person, you've had a pretty crazy 2017. Yep. And that brings us to March, where the big news of Nintendo Switch finally arriving. Not yeah. only that, but Zelda arriving to critical acclaim across the board. Yep, Breath of the Wild is uh, already taking plenty of sites, uh, Game of the Year awards already, uh, sold millions of copies, had a crazy attach rate with Switch, where pretty much everybody who bought a Switch at launch bought Zelda with it, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, extremely well reviewed, and a lot of people say uh, has now like officially changed uh, Zelda as a franchise. So that's exciting to see what direction they go in with with the series next. Right, uh, but not to be outdone, Xbox released its Game Pass. You know the monthly fee access to past games, a la PS Now. Which you had for a while. Yeah, I tried this out. It's a combination of both um, 360 games through their backwards compatibility program and some relatively new um, Xbox One games. Um, so it is a monthly uh, fee to have access, and instead of streaming like PlayStation Now, it is downloads. So as long as you are paying the monthly fee, you have access to download any of those uh, titles that are supported. Yep. Let's see, moving on. Uh, in terms of Switch, uh, Nintendo Switch sales, it sold 1.5 million units worldwide in its first week alone. Uh, 500,000 of those sold in North America. Uh, comparatively, the Wii did 3.9 million in its first quarter, mm. which the Switch eventually broke that record. Or did it break it? I believe it did. I believe it did. Yeah. Yeah, okay, moving on. Uh, more of that uh, John Carmack uh, being sued for Zenimax stuff. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, a game that did come out this year and then, like, everyone hated? EA's Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, yeah, this was a whole piece of drama. Oh, yeah. This year. Uh, that thing uh, was apparently a technical mess. The story wasn't great. Uh, it was just some bizarre design choices went into that thing. And so, yeah, it kind of tarnished the name of the Mass Effect franchise for the foreseeable future. My bet is that they put that thing to bed and we don't hear about Mass Effect for at least another whole decade. Yep. Because that was the... It just kind of tarnished their whole reputation about that. And kind of the studio uh, as a whole for Bioware. Uh, Bioware has a work cut out for themselves with their new big franchise, Anthem. Uh, which will be due out sometime later next year. Yep. Uh, moving on to Blizzard and Overwatch announcing its official Overwatch League. Yeah. Uh, looking to pull in uh, $720 million in revenue per year uh, because that's a guarantee of at least $100 billion in ads and sponsorship. Because esports. Yep. Esports was a big trending uh, in I mean, this year. It kind of was last year, maybe a little bit more last year. Uh, this yeah. year, you kind of saw a lot of that paid off. 
where a lot of the companies uh, put their money where their mouth is and did stuff like this, made leagues based on their own games. So yeah, uh, needless to say, there will be big money in Overwatch tourneys very soon. Yep. Uh, other esports stuff include... Um, oh, sorry, moving on to April here. Yeah. Real quickly. Esports being big uh, in the news because it will be featured in the Olympics. Or rather, the Olympic Council. Yeah. Of the 2022 Asian Games, which is, of course, post-Tokyo Games, but it's still something that is being considered. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see over the next four or five years where esports goes, if it keeps growing and keeps retaining interest, or if it's just a flash in the pan. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a question, and whether or not what they count as a video game that qualifies for the uh, the Olympics, what they count as competitive, what they count as... There's a lot of big question marks there, so we'll see. Yep. Um, and one of the big shakeup news, uh, Alex Hutchinson, director of Assassin's Creed 3 and Far Cry 4, left Ubisoft after seven years to start his own company. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't think we did a follow-up story on what that company was, but it will be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, uh, this is especially interesting uh, considering that uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which was the next uh, Assassin's Creed game that would be released after his departure, is apparently a departure for the series. It yes. uh, does a lot of interesting things with Assassin's Creed as a franchise. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if that had anything in co- like if those two things were related at all. Yep. Uh, moving into... May, Nintendo announced the new 2DS XL Yes. Uh, that's console, uh, but not to be outdone, Sony officially announced that it had shipped 60 million PS4s. Once again, that is shipped, not sold, but the fact that it's up there over the course of what? Six? Three, four years? Three, four years? Yeah. Three Almost or four, four years? Almost t- just over twenty million a year, almost twenty five million a year. It's not bad. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. It's uh, definitely on pace to become uh, one of the fastest selling consoles of all time. Uh, it's getting up to uh, pretty impressive numbers. It's already surpassed a PS three at the same at the same time in its life cycle. So, yep. it's good news. Um, also, earlier this year, uh, NBA two K eighteen was released with Shaq on the cover. Yep, and one of the more uh, funny commercials. Where Shaq was doing a press conference. Right, that was pretty funny. Yes. Uh, moving on, uh, what was else? It was in May. Let's see, Far Cry 5, where Ubisoft revealed its big upcoming project ahead of E3 with a lot of pre E3 releases. Yeah. Um, including uh, Sega saying they could do Crazy Taxi for free, mm-hmm. and uh, the voice. And this is officially when the voice artists claim victory. Yes. At least partial victory, where 20 video game companies had signed the residual agreement, including uh, several AAA companies. Uh, yep. Cool. Moving on to June, we had the announcement of a new Pokemon game. Well, rather a port where it was going to switch with Pokemon Tournament X or DX. Right, uh, the Wii U game got an upgrade and was released for Switch. Yep, unfortunately, the still-rumored Pokemon Stars 
<laughs> is still just that at this point. And chances are will not exist. Instead, what they did was they released Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which were direct sequels to uh, Sun and Moon, in the same world with similar story, instead of doing a proper third edition in the series. So the next proper Pokemon game we'll probably get will be the brand new Switch Pokemon game that they promised us is in development. Right. Which, at that point, I'm just looking forward to a open-world Pokemon game. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get that. A la Zelda... For this first one, I bet that they play it safe and they do just a HD version of kind of a Sun and Moon style game. Okay. That's what my money is on. Yeah, they're probably right. It's safe. There'll be online elements that'll be even easier to use because it'll be on a console. Or do we just get Pokemon Coliseum? No, I don't think we get a spinoff. They said this was going to be a proper Pokemon game. Yeah, and they wouldn't true. use that language if they weren't serious about it. Yeah, you're We're right. We're not going to get Pokemon Coliseum. This is going to be an actual Pokemon game for Switch. It's just not going to be the MMO you want it to be. It's going to be a Pokemon game just on a console. All right. Well. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving on, NBC announced that it will be airing the Rocket League League NBC Sports. NBC Sports. Say, not NBC, the network. No, NBC Sports. <laughs> That's what Yes, it's first ever 2v2 International Rocket League Tournament. Yeah. Uh, with regionals being live-streamed on NBC Sports, with the actual airing of the grand finale, uh, simulcasted on Sci-Fi uh, and NBC Sports proper. Okay. Did uh, that ever happen? Yeah, that was in August. I'm guessing that happened. Yeah. That was announced in May, or announced in June, and completed in August, and that thing came in what? And like you said, like, we... Yeah, don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Huh, okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, moving on. Uh, one E3 happened. Yeah! Uh, so we've got to talk about E3 stuff. We have to talk about this. There wasn't a whole lot of craziness this year, but there were some solid, uh, solid announcements. Yeah. I mean, uh, several of it uh, was the inclusion of VR. Yeah, VR was big this year. Yeah, not only in terms of just, like, games to play, but also it's Sony going big on VR. Yeah. But that's, that's of course, because they have that... PlayStation VR. PlayStation VR to promote. Uh, but then, of course, everything was eclipsed by Nintendo doing its treehouse and getting the first official word of Mario Odyssey. Yeah, they showed a bunch of footage of that thing at E3. Uh, and yeah, that's that game still is just amazing. The game looks crazy. And uh, yeah, it later came out in October this year. And uh, again, too critical acclaim. Yes, but not to be outdone, Nintendo gave us something. Gave us yet another console this year. The SNES Classic. Yeah, that also came out this year. Yeah, uh, which included great games like Mario Kart, Super Mario Brothers, Kirby Games, uh, Star Fox 1, and the unreleased Star Fox 2. Two. Yeah, which was probably the biggest deal uh, from that thing. Though it was incredibly hard to find, just like the NES Classic before it, and still to this day is not something you can just pick up willy-nilly. Yep. Uh, I actually tried looking for it online for Christmas. Can't get one. And nope, it was uh, nowhere to be found. Nope. Yep. Which is surprising because like, you still find Switches, yeah. but not oh, this no, thing. They fixed the Switch uh, uh, stock problem like months ago. Oh, yeah. Like I've noticed that they're everywhere now. 
that you can get a Switch. You can straight up just get a Switch at this yeah. point. Uh, SNES Classic, no. Right. And also in uh, June, one of our favorite um, holiday events, you could say? Sure. Games done quick. Yeah, um, a classic, of course. Yep. But uh, yeah, uh, we watched a bunch of that this year. Some really good stuff. Yep. Uh, so I'm trying to see if I can find a actual number for everything that happened. <laughs> uh, that's probably later in July. That's when they usually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to July. Speaking of July, Crash Bandicoot came out. The right. remakes. The insane trilogy, of yes. course, the uh, remakes of the original three Crash Bandicoot games. Yep. And it ended up being um, a super great seller for Sony. It ended up being one of the many exclusives that put them on the map this year, um, selling a surprising amount of copies. Yeah. Um, in, in, in Crash's first week in the UK, uh, it sold better than Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Which means that it sold over 750,000 copies in its first week. While official numbers had it at just under one million, and that's just in the UK. It's 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 it's, it's it it's it, pretty good. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot hit worldwide. What year is it again? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Uh, of course. Uh, speaking of Horizon Zero Dawn, that game came out and also got two big patches. Uh, one first one being the addition of New Game Plus. Which added face paint and ultra hard difficulty, and the second one being an official expansion in terms of uh, was it the Wildlands, uh, the Frozen Wilds? Frozen Wilds. Yes, then that would happen until later in the year, December. Yeah, or November. Yeah, that was a November release. Great. Uh, we also got the Mega Maker uh, from Nintendo, which was the Mega Man esque Mario Maker. Well, that wasn't actually an official release. That no, was a fan game. That was a fan game. You should probably mention that. Yeah, that was a fan game. <laughs> but that, but then of course, in classic Nintendo style, got shut down like a, like two days after it was officially yeah, released. Yeah, they were very, very quick. Uh, Capcom was very, very quick to shut that operation down. Yep. Oh, and not to be outdone in July, Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago was a total mess. Fiasco as people were uh, basically upset that uh, they, they didn't get what they wanted. Yes, uh, not only in terms of poor cell reception, <laughs> but also in terms of just people who didn't pay for tickets able to get access to these ex- quote, exclusive items. Yeah, there were digital giveaways that they were doing for the game that most people couldn't actually ex- access. Yep. Let's see here. Moving on. To stuff. Uh, Stardew Valley. PS4 got several updates. Uh, especially with the release of the PS4 Pro, which included uh, streaming Twitch at 1080. That was late last FPS. year, but still, yes. <laughs> yes. Let's see here. Um, Olympics. Paris is considering esports. Of course. We, they, talked about we that. talked about that. <laughs> uh, Spotify officially came on the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, and the, unfortunately got rid of something else. Yeah, the Xbox Music Pass kind of disappeared. Uh, it was formerly known as the Zune Music Pass back when Zune was a brand that they were still using. And but yeah, the all that has now completely been uh, shut down by Microsoft. And now you can just straight up use Spotify on your Xbox. Yep. Uh, moving over quickly to Ubisoft. 
they hosted a tournament for For Honor. Which, you know... For For Honor? Yes, for For Honor. <laughs> which didn't go quite as planned. No. As uh, several of its top competitors won by spamming certain moves that were considered um, unbreakable. Just like Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, one of the was called the unlock tech or unlock technique, which uh, changed the certain proprieties of the abilities and moves in which the game performed, and basically created an invincibility uh, and a unhittable or unblockable attack. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy basically just straight up said, "Yeah, I used this hack of the game in order to win." Not great it, when it's you're doing a tournament. Right, which is, you know, it's a part of the game, so I was able to do it. But the fact that he was, like, so brazen to just, like, straight up say, yeah, I did it, so what? Yeah. And Ubisoft did nothing to eventually fix it, <laughs> even though they knew about this. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Let's see. Um, moving on, uh, Microsoft uh, announced that they were in talks with Sony about crossplay. Which ended up being, in terms of like actual like console crossplay, them teaming up with Nintendo Switch yes. for Rocket League crossplay. Yes, every time this has been brought up, Sony has shot it down. For whatever reason, who knows? But it seems like Sony's uh, upper management is not a fan of playing nice with the other other uh, networks. So yeah, even though Microsoft, like I mentioned before, is very uh, about right now uh, uh, open open platform. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Sony ever changes their mind about that thing. Yep. And uh, real briefly, in terms of Nintendo news, the Miiverse was officially shut down yes. earlier this year on November 8th. Miiverse being, of course, the uh, social zone on the Wii U where you could draw slash write your own notes and post them to a message board of sorts where other people could comment and like them. Uh, but yeah, it was shut down uh, earlier this year because uh, it will not be inherited by the Switch. The Switch will not have a Miiverse uh, part in it. But yeah, with it also kind of dies some games that were uh, that worked with the Miiverse, uh, such as an entire stage in Super Smash Brothers uh, for Wii U that will no longer be able to be the same. All right, and that brings us into September, where we had the launch of Destiny Two, one of the big games of the year. Yeah, uh, definitely made some some waves there, sold really well initially, but uh, it hasn't seemed to at least capture the zeitgeist as much as the first game did. But uh, ultimately, it seems like people who still love Destiny are still way into it, but it just didn't make quite as many waves as I thought it would. Right, also a big game for this year, Shadow of War, the um, sequel to Shadow of Mordor. Where they had the uh, DLC for Goth, Orc Slayer, and a big uh, yeah money controversy. This was kind of a roller coaster uh, yeah. about this uh, kind of a good thing that they wanted to do uh, for this for this person on their team that had passed. Yes, the uh, former executive producer Michael Forge, who passed away during the project. Yeah, ended up kind of just. Getting granted all that goodwill by, uh, to some fans, uh, not doing the donations in the right way. But eventually that was all solved, and uh, they figured out a way to give it away with 100% of the proceeds going to the family. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who went away, 
Bruce Straley over right. at Naughty Dog. He didn't die, but he left the company. Yes, left the company after 18 years. Uh, joined in 1999 uh, as part of the Crash Team Racing Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and went on to be game director for Uncharted 2, The Last of Us, and Uncharted 4. So yeah, uh, definitely a major uh, key in the leadership over at Naughty Dog departing, which means, hey, who knows, uh, we could see uh, some different kind of things from Last of Us 2 and the future games in the Uncharted series without his uh, leadership. But uh, that remains to be seen. So yeah. we will find out. And uh, as you always cover this, the Ubisoft buyout, or not, yeah. uh, with the Gamma uh, family and Vivendi. So yes, Vivendi, major corporation, has been trying to purchase the rest of the sh- their shares in uh, Ubisoft to take over the company. But the Gamma uh, family, uh, Yves Gamma, uh, one of the uh, most famous of Ubisoft's uh, creative directors, has tried to keep this from happening by buying their own his own family's stock uh, to the point where that they would not be able to have the majority share of the company. So uh, they're doing their best as kind of a final holdout to keep major corporation ownership of Ubisoft. Yep. And we have finally have a footnote in GTA V. Or rather a big note as it became the best-selling game of all time in terms of revenue and track unit sales. Yeah, uh, online mode in that thing does gangbusters for them and still does. So yeah, it's no surprise that that, that they've broken some money barriers with that thing. Yeah, of the 49 months since its release, it has been in the top 10, 41 of those months. Yeah. Which is insane considering that thing came out four years ago. As a PS3, Xbox 360 game. Yeah. Uh, at, the that, at the end of that life cycle. Right. And uh, it just does not show any signs of stop. Nope. Uh, moving on, we're heading into the end of September, where we finally got the SAG after deal. Yeah, this is when the deal happened. Yes. Uh, that was... Just almost a year, uh, the thing started on October 21st of 2016, Yeah, uh, but finally ended, uh, where they got everything that they wanted, including uh, bonus pay for the number of sessions worked, um, fining for uh, the first session, and uh, disclosing code names of projects, Yeah, as well as a performer reprising role, or if they're using any profanity or racial slurs. Because some uh, actors uh, try to protect their image. Right, yeah, or don't want to be part of, part of that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, uh, just just more information for the actors is good. That's, that's kind of my takeaway here is, is I'm glad that they got that because it's helpful sometimes to know exactly what you're going to yep. do. And the end of September was also our first introduction into what would become one of this year's biggest games... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Well, technically, the game had existed in a early access form for months and months and months prior to this. Right. Uh, but yes, later in the years, when we finally got the first like first real edition of the game, uh, it came out into real release on a PC, and also it would get a Xbox One version in just a month from here. So yeah, all sorts of people can play PUBG now. Yep. Uh, that brings us into October, where. 
Uh, Microsoft officially killed Groove Music Pass. Yeah, that's the aforementioned thing that used to be Xbox Music, it used to be Zoom Music, became Groove Music, but they officially shut it down. Right, and when it got shut down, they officially changed it from the Xbox Store to calling it Microsoft Store. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because it kind of co-brands it with their actual brick-and-mortar retail stores, also called Microsoft Store. Right. Um, we also have, uh, over at Sony, Andrew House stepping down uh, as president and CEO of Sony Interactive, and John Codera taking his place. Um, even though House will still remain in operational management, Codera will assume all of his responsibilities for global, as being the global ambassador for, uh-huh. for Sony. Yeah. Uh, moving <laughs> on, uh, we finally get <laughs> into one, one of, if not the biggest, I mean, I'm going to put this one up for <laughs> story of the year, loot boxes. Yeah, that's definitely... Uh, yeah, we all, that was kind of a recurring theme throughout the year, but none hit as more most as these a couple of games at the end of this year. Yeah, and uh, it got so heavy, heavy-handed that there was terms of is it considered gambling? Yes, enough to where one country even got like involved into looking into it as a gambling uh, service. So this story even continued up until last week, where it was announced that I, I, uh, Apple was going to make new regulations where now app manufacturers have to put in their apps in the terms of service the odds of their their loot boxes now. That is now something that you have to put is mm-hmm. in your app, which is right. which is a good sign and what other platform holders should consider. Yeah, I mean we already do we do that kind of thing for like nutrition stuff. Yeah. Like how well like something is how good something is. And for you? Uh, China has been and doing it for video it. games, yeah. so it's a not a surprise. Um, it's something that relatively easy to implement. So yeah, I feel like uh, that should be a, a possible thing that the more more console holders should should adapt. Yes. Uh, in other terms of um, companies from Bioware, Mike Laidlaw announced that he was leaving uh, the Bioware after fourteen years. Where he worked on Jade Empire, Mass Effect, and all everything Dragon Age. Yeah, another kind of very similar to the Naughty Dog story. <laughs> you have somebody who was in lead, uh, lead uh, director on, ostensibly the the company's most famous projects, to just departing. Uh, so we'll see if that affects in anything in the long term. Right, and a carryover from the movie talk and our video game talk, NeoGaf. Yeah. Got shut down due to sexual misconduct. Extremely popular gaming message board got shut down because the man who owned it was a creep. Uh, and yeah, um, it's sort of the, the, the aftermath of this is that a lot of people went over and uh, started a, um, a, uh, a new version, a similar, uh, a similar kind of message board, Reset Era. I've not been to it myself, uh, but it seems like it's fairly similar to what it was trying to accomplish. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, Neo NeoGaf was a, definitely a place where these common conversations happen all the time. So now we don't have that anymore. I will, I will slow down when I want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just gonna wrap this thing up. I here. know. Don't yeah. tell me what to do. No, just do it for me. But yeah, speaking <laughs> of stuff that got shut down, Microsoft officially stopped manufacturing the Connect. 
And so you can no longer wave at that <laughs> or probably that be yeah. a part of your console. The Kinect is dead, which is fine. Although it's not kind of it's not really dead. It's dead for video games. Yes. It'll be mostly in um uh used in more professional circumstances, like in hospitals and stuff. Yep. And that brings us to November and the end of Visceral Games. Where EA shut it down before its Star Wars project uh, was officially released. Yeah, this ended up being, kind of being its own saga. Uh, the, the project, of course, was the one that uh, Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame was working on. Um, later, a big expose was done where they found out apparently that the studio as a whole had been troubled for months. Mm-hmm. And that they were kind of getting the short shrift in every step of the process of making that game. So it's not really any surprise why they shut it down. But EA's comment about it, talking about how this was the death of the single-player story-based video game, was blown out of proportion and definitely led to kind of the conversation turning, taking a turn for the worse. Yeah, while we're on EA and Star Wars games... Oh, man, yes, we get to talk about the thing this year. Yes. Star Wars Battlefront 2. That was a saga, too. In a way, way worse way. I think you have Star Wars sagas. Long story short version of this one is that it had some pretty... disgusting microtransaction stuff built into it. And then before the game even come out, they went through three stages of either lessening the amount that you paid for these microtransactions to completely removing them hours before the game's release. Yes. Only to say, we're going to remove it for now and put it back in eventually. Of course, our favorite bit about this story is, is the fact that allegedly... C- Disney CEO Bob Iger had to call them personally yes. over at EA and say, what the hell are you doing to Star Wars? Yes. So, yeah. Just a total train wreck. Probably the year's biggest train wreck. Yes. And I don't know. That's a strong contender for story of the year. Just, just the whole EA Star Wars stuff? Yes. Just all of it. Yeah. Just, just complete disaster. But right. yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um... Then we have, yep, I mean, basically we just wrap everything up with uh, end of the year games. Yeah. December, uh, November and December were big ga- big game months, weirdly enough. Yep. Especially November. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I got nothing really. We mentioned Mario came out in October. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I was going to do. Uh, Mario Numbers. It sold 1.1 million copies in the U.S. in five days. That beat out everything Zelda had. That beat out pretty much any game. Yeah. Before it. Because it's super freaking Mario. Everybody loves Mario. I know. And plus you get throw your hat stuff and New Donk City. And then GameStop had its uh, unlimited huge game policy. Like what's going to happen and then had to repeal it because their software's out of date. Yeah. And I haven't heard any like anything about it coming back. But it's just... Uh, uh, Belgium was the country on the loot boxes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it. That'll get to December, and not a whole lot uh, happened. Yeah, then the news kind of slows down towards the end of the year, which brings us, of course, to, to the end of this podcast, or, more accurately, to our favorite games of 2017. Yes. Uh, this is the part where we get to talk about what we played and what we liked. 
So yeah, well, before we do that, real quick, let's kind of decide our. I think that I think it's probably fair that the story of the year, since it involves everything that we kind of talked about, microtransactions. Well, see, I'm I'm split between yeah. it being microtransactions and just Nintendo dominance. You know, Nintendo a, a, a did surge, have an abnormally good year. A, a Switch, surge of Nintendo products. Right. No, the Switch sold really, really well. There was a bunch of hype about it and about the Super NES Classic. And you had two major Nintendo franchises get a shot in the arm with Zelda Breath of the Wild at the beginning of the year and Mario Odyssey at the end of the year. I think that, yeah, that makes a strong case, but I don't know if it's stronger than freaking the, 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 the gaming industry really having to give itself a long, hard look about how it's costing its gamers money. I think the fact that so many of the major uh, releases towards the end of the year, especially, were, like, were, were just completely tarnished by draconian microtransaction processes. Right, but see, I don't want to just give it to just stuff that happened more recently, end of the year, from, like, from like September to the end of the year. Whether as Nintendo basically dominated from March to the end of the year, to where Game of the Year awards were given to games that came out in March for yeah. Zelda. That Mar- that that Nintendo had not only that that only had Zelda come out, but Mario is also a Game of the Year contender. Then the SNES came out, which you couldn't get a handle <laughs> on. It also had uh, Pokemon Go expand. It had uh, the inclusion of. Um, what was it uh, Animal Crossing? Yeah, which was huge for mobile games. So I think that, and just this, just in terms of everything that we knew about the Switch before, like like from January to March, where everyone was speculating, and then it came out, and it just blew everyone away because it was so innovate innovative. <laughs> I'll say inventive. You almost said it. Yeah, I'll say inventive, but innovative. That. It feels like it's a year for Nintendo. I mean, you're right that that does encompass more of the year as a whole. I just don't know if it's <laughs> as important. Okay, yeah. In terms of importance... Industry-wise? Maybe not. Industry-wise, what we're seeing, especially with the Battlefront 2 stuff, the fact that EA was stumbling over themselves the entire thing, just with... just It was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment in front of the entire industry, basically showing other game companies, like, this is what happens when your fans gang up on you over stupid microtransactions. Well, not only that, but EA also shut down Visceral. They shut down another studio earlier in the year. It was just... And it's just... They they were vying for worse company. But it was... Oh, definitely. But it wasn't just... Battlefront that had the issues with these uh, with these uh, microtransactions either. It was also the story surrounding uh, surrounding uh, EA's Shadow of Mordor. It was also the story surrounding. Uh, that was Warner Bros. Ter- EA publishes it. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, but it was also the story. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, that was Warner, that was Warner Bros. Sorry. No, um, no, you're, you're thinking of uh, Andromeda and how yeah, just that's, that's just just stumbled. But no, uh, uh, but yeah, it was also the story about. Uh, 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 Shadow uh, Shadow War is also the story about Turn Ten's Forza. Forza when oh, yeah, it came out was was the talk was about its uh, microtransactions and how how nefarious they were. going So be. you're going beyond just EA microtransactions, it's not just 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 mouth, just, just not just EA's microtransactions, but just microtransactions 
in general in terms of yeah. loot boxes and gambling and yeah it got is it it got the entire industry talking about it and got people talking and fans up in arms about it now to the extent of course as you mentioned i don't know if it's it's necessarily productive to go to the kind of the questions about is this is this addictive is this gambling what are we talking about here and but i think it's good that we're at least talking about it because it's getting these companies to actually think about the kinds of things that they're giving to their their fans and whether or not that improves the game experience so i don't know i think that going into the next year that is a way more interesting like possibility to see where developers take that as opposed to Nintendo, which will just continue being great. <laughs> yeah, I... Mm, it's tough. I see where you're going for. I, yeah, it I, is the feel-good story of the year. Too. Well, yes, I don't want to end on, on, that, on such a downer note. note. And I just because Nintendo was the entire year, but I think you're right in terms of going forward, the impact that microtransactions has had this past year and the impact it will continue to have. Because let's, let's, let's turn back the clock a little bit and remember the last time Nintendo had an amazing year. And that, of course, was 2006 with the launch of the Wii. Right. The Wii did gangbusters, just like the Switch did. Also had a really, really popular Zelda game that it launched alongside of. It and Mario made with Galaxy. a huge impact in video games that didn't last. Its impact lasted three or four years and then quickly went away. So my, what my trepidation is about is the Switch is cool, but is it going to change the industry? I don't know. Uh, we did, but for a very limited amount of time. We wouldn't have the Kinect if it wasn't for the Wii. Right. Heck, we wouldn't even have PlayStation VR if it wasn't for the Wii because it uses move controllers. Mm-hmm. But there's all sorts of things you could do, but it didn't really last beyond that much. I mean, we had the de- death of the connect this year, in fact. So yeah, it's like, the question is, is like what I think is going to actually matter in the long run. But I could be wrong about that too. So I don't know. I feel, I feel like really you could do either, but I think either of these stories matters for 2017. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it depends on whether we want to go with the with the feel good story or the downer. Yeah, should I um, <laughs> should I flip a coin? No, well, well I don't know. Do you want him to roll the uh, to spin the wheel? Want to spin the wheel? Right, well, pick a color. Uh, well, I've been looking at that for a while so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there is more purple. Yes. All right. So let's go with uh, purple. It's Nintendo. No, red for Nintendo. Yeah. Red and... How about red for Nintendo and yellow for the other story? Okay. Because there's equal amounts of both. All right, let's do that. Uh, so I spend until I get one. Okay. Okay, one more. One more. One Perfect. More. <laughs> <laughs> and be- I was say because <laughs> because you just gave a great example... I'm going to give you uh, microtransactions. Because ah. that's exactly what it feels like. Just spending your money over and over again for microtransactions to try and get something that you really want. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with microtransactions. All right, yeah. So sadly, uh, hopefully that the story will end up in a happy story, which is that companies realize what they're doing next year. But we can train. Yes. All right, let's move on then now to our top fives, uh, respectively. Do you want to start yours? What do you well, want me to do with mine? 
let's see. What, what did I do? Did I go yesterday? I believe. Yeah, I did. The last one. Yeah, I think I went first because no, I got. No, you went first on the first one, which means I went first on the second one. So this would be you again. No, 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 because I went first on the third one. This is the fourth oh, one. Oh, shoot, I forgot. Yeah, because we, yeah, we went to Lincoln Park last All right, so, so I guess it's me. Yeah, so I guess you go first with yours. All righty, I'll be quick here. Uh, so number five on the bottom of my list is a game that came out earlier this year, but uh, stuck with me. Disc Jam! Yeah! Disc Jam, of course, is the uh, frisbee-slash-tennis game, volleyball-ish competition game uh, that uh, uh, was free for a brief moment on PlayStation Plus this year when it launched. It ended up being a $15 game uh, that I definitely recommend if you haven't checked it out yet. Uh, really cool couch co-op kind of game. We've had a lot of fun playing against um, online competitors, hitting that disc back and forth. Really cool customization options that you could win by kind of leveling up in the game. Uh, the costumes you could wear, tags you could have under your character name. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a little simple fun. And it was cool to have a PS4 game that we could both play and that we could play online that uh, we actually did pretty well at. We ended up being a pretty good team for a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a game that probably wasn't on a lot of people's radars this year. So if um, a competitive disc-based uh, game sounds fun to you, check Disc Jam out. Uh, next, number four, I have MLB The Show 17. Yeah, what now? I know. So... I would have never guessed in a million years I would have had a, a sports game, nonetheless a baseball game, on a top five list of my favorite games of the year. You but, must not have played a lot of games. No, that's not why. Even if I had, it would still make it here. Because it's very rare for me where a video game changes my perception on an entire sport. And that's what happened here. Yeah. I didn't know a whole lot about baseball. I knew just enough to kind of get by. I had been to baseball games in my life, but I eh, didn't really get it, you know? It took me playing a baseball game to actually understand the mechanics of the game and, like, why certain things mattered, what pitching really meant, like, the different kinds of pitches, how batting was, how the actual, like, game worked. And now I have an appreciation for it I didn't have before. And so... Yeah, this game actually got you really invested in the World Series. It got me invested, and it was really, really cool, and it happened, as we kind of talked about on our television show, to to coincide with a really, really solid year in baseball. In a really entertaining World Series. Yeah, we both did our uh, seasons. We did a create a player. Yeah, and so yeah, that was one of the most fun things here is that we got to I got to watch you take someone awesome uh, <laughs> through his season, and yes. that was just a bunch of fun. It, it's a really good, well made baseball game. It's got just enough customization options to keep you in. It's got all all the the, the like the, the franchise modes and the create a player and the and the special stuff like the home run derby. All built in. It's just a, a really good, solid package. And, of course, it's the show, so it looks beautiful on a PlayStation. Uh, Pro, especially, like the, what we have. Yes. So, yeah, it was, it was a really, really uh, fun time. I feel like um, as good as Madden was, I enjoyed the show just a little bit more than Madden this year. So right. that's why it's on here. But overall, good year for sports games. Uh, but that brings us to number three. That brings us to number three, a game that I didn't finish, but I still loved a lot. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Which, of course, was the big PS4 release of the year. Uh, definitely a showpiece for your pro, speaking of the pro. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, a cool mix of genres with open world elements, with stealth elements, and a story that was super intriguing. Again, I, like I said, I didn't finish it uh, just because of how much else have, has happened this year. 
Uh, but I did get to watch you kind of finish it up, and I watched Malia play a bunch of it. And it's just such a well-made game. Uh, it does a lot of things to streamline the open-world experience to make it less of a slog, uh, which a lot of the Ubisoft games, for instance, have some problems with. Yeah. This one felt like a way to make an open-world game modern and feel new and fresh with a story that seemed like go places that I didn't expect it to go. Um, and just really great writing. Ashley Birch, speaking of Ashley Birch again in this yep. episode, does a really good job as lead character Aloy. Um, it's just a great world to visit. It's just a great booking game. It's just probably one of the most impressive technical achievements I've seen in a video game. It's just great. Um, and with the expansion that just came out, I'm sure it's gotten even better as the year has gone on. So definitely, probably the best PS4 exclusive of the year. Definitely. Mm. Next, uh, we had... Yeah, we'll two... talk more about Horizon on my list, We too. sure will. Number two is, get this, a mobile game. What? Yes, my number two game this year was Solitarica, a mobile game that was released... Did that come out this year. year? It did. That was this year. Oh. Huh. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a mobile solitaire game with elements of RPG turn-based combat, where you get to pick a deck, battle computer opponents with special cards that do all sorts of crazy things against your uh, opponent as your opponent slowly does damage to you, lessening your health and so you could possibly lose before you can finish the game. Yes. It was essentially about it to a solitaire RPG. So much fun. I had so much fun with this thing. I even put money into it uh, and <laughs> bought the expansion pack uh, to get some more more uh, uh, decks. And right now I'm like three decks away from finishing the game with every single deck. <laughs> and that's not even it. There's also a hard mode that I can go back and play. Uh, that was another thing the expansion added. A special extra difficulty for per each deck too. So I can go back and try to beat that too. It's just so much fun. It's such a little cool game. That it's, it's, it's the longest a mobile game has ever stayed on my phone. <laughs> it says, says everything right there. Right? Yes. But, but finally, number two are to your number one pick. But yes, finally, my number one game of the year is something that I did not expect going in. It was a big surprise to me. Uh, Night in the Woods. Do you remember how we came across this game? So I was. It was actually. Uh, uh, I was looking uh, with Malia uh, at, 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 with games she wanted to play, and we had gotten it down to a couple of games. And this one, we had decided to download and try out. So initially, she was playing it, but she, after she kind of lost interest in it. I kind of picked up the reins where she left off and uh, finished it up. Um, and man, I just loved every second of this game. It's not the most gameplay in, in, in any games on this list, for sure, or any games that really came out this year. There's not a whole lot you do. It's mostly walking around and talking to your uh, uh, friends and family and townspeople of the town that you grew up in and have returned to. Um, but... There is a little bit of uh, platforming and just a, the occasional puzzle, but it's not really about the platforming or the puzzling. It's really about the story that it's telling with the characters. And man, the story resonated really closely with me. Uh, it touches on a lot of really, uh, really like uh, sub subjects that I've either lived through or I know people who live through, such as visiting a small town that you grow up with and kind of that feeling of everybody's barely surviving here and it, it, it just it resonated with me in a way that a few games do um, and it ends in kind of a in really interesting way kind of taking those core ideas and, and making them large 
like talking about more more universal things and besides just the anxieties of your lead character um it does such a really good job of, of making these animal characters feel human uh, which I thought was really cool and definitely stuck with me like no no other thing happened this year. It recently got a release on uh, Xbox One after being on PS4 and PC pretty exclusively throughout the year. So if you have an Xbox, you can now check this out. Also, everybody gets the extra features that they just added to the game and the special Weird Autumn edition of the <laughs> game, uh, which coincided with the Xbox release. So if you, even if you have played through the game already, uh, I recommend playing through it again. I started a new playthrough just the other day. Right. Um, to check out kind of the new additions that they made. I've already met some townspeople that weren't in the game before, which is really yeah. fascinating already. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you like uh, kind of more narrative-based experiences, because it's definitely one of the best ones I've played in a long time. Do you have any trepidations about people starting a game like this? I think that it's not that much of an uh, investment. Uh, it's, it's a pretty short game. Um, it's only a handful of hours long. It's about like a Call of Duty campaign, so we give it a <laughs> seven or eight hours. Okay. Um, and since it's mostly uh, uh, dialogue based, you don't have to necessarily be that talented of a video game person to enjoy it either. It's very accessible for people of all, all not all ages. It's <laughs> not correct at all. Yeah. It's a teen rated game, but it does kind of go some places. Uh, <laughs> there's even a really great joke early on about about your your. Uh, Laptop being credited up with uh, with viruses from porn sites, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty it's it's a game for all sorts of skill levels, is what I'd say. Um, and people who aren't necessarily super into video games, it's a great story. And so, if you like reading in your games, which I know not everybody does, uh, but if you're like me and you like that, this is a great game to pick up and uh, experience. So that brings it to. My yep, top that's five. it for me. So what do you get? Yes. So we get with me with my top five is we'll start right where Matt started off with his top five. Yeah. That is of course with Disc Jam. Disc Jam. Um, this is one of those few games which we got for free via uh, PlayStation Plus. Totally worth it. Yeah. Well, for one that is free, and also two for the price of, of what it is that out fifteen dollars. You said. Yeah, fifteen. I think. Yeah, fifteen, sixteen, whatever. But. This is one of the few games out there where you can just sit on the couch, literally sit on the couch with your friend next to you, and play the same game. And you might be wondering why we keep repeating this, but it's because in 2017, games have been become so reliant on online play, that's rare when you get a game like this. Yes. Uh, because those games require online play, uh, the fact that you're able to play multiplayer of this game, not only from like the same source, but also... Like you could be a single player playing against playing with four with three other people in a two on two battle is pretty uh, unique in that, in that sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, there's plenty of customization to go around in this game. Uh, it doesn't feel as much like loot boxes uh, in terms of like what you gain because there is so much stuff that you're always gaining new stuff. Yeah. And it never repeats. At least I've yet to see it. They introduced a mechanic where even if it does, you get money for it. Okay. You get in-game currency for um, for repeat items that you get. Because I guess before it was possible, it just didn't happen that often. Okay. But yeah, this jam is just a ton of fun. Yeah. Like, I constantly go back to it just just for shiggles. Just because it's a fun yeah. game to play. Yeah, it's a fun little thing. If you run out of everything else, just be like, ah, I can play some disc jam for a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on uh, to my number four game is a game I was looking forward to and then wasn't. And then when I played it, <laughs> was surprised about it. Yeah. And that is, of course, that is none other than Wolfenstein, the new Colossus. Now, of course, it's important to note here that we didn't actually get to finish this game. No. Uh, we played I, about, what, four or five hours of it? Yeah, I feel like we got about just over halfway, halfway through it. Yeah. Uh, but what we did play of it was insane. Yeah. Just in terms of story. This is great. And then also in terms of just actual gameplay and gunplay, it was phenomenal. I mean, few games take that, like, 70s over-the-top genre, like, in terms of, like, film film genre, just, yeah. just over-the-top action, and meld it so well with actual video game, like, physics, Yeah, that this game surprised me, and then blew away anything I thought a game could be. It's it goes in places. It goes places. I mean, <laughs> like right from the start. Yeah, literally right from the start. It just throws you into a world where you're like, oh man, this is gonna have some crazy tonal shifts, and it really does. Oh yeah, it rocks you from left to right, side to side, yeah. to where you're like, okay, what the hell just happened? And, Can they do that? And it's fun to play. You oh, just yeah. kind of just end up being kind of like power trip, just blasting through enemies. Yeah, but that brings me to my number three game. Uh, unlike you, which had a yes. baseball. baseball game, you have football. I have football. Yes, Madden eighteen. This was your my go-to list. game. This oh year. god, that's my go-to. You game. played so much Madden. Uh, the reason that I played so much Madden was because there were weekly challenges. Yeah, and I would play them on a weekly basis. Basically, after we would podcast at the end of on our Wednesday podcast, I'd turn on and play some Madden for an hour or two just to do the daily challenges. Yeah. And upgrade my Madden Ultimate team, which was phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> um, they really simplified it from previous years to where anyone could play it. Um, starting your new, t- your new team and upgrading it. They also introduced legendary characters, uh, legendary players that you could add to your team via different challenges on a weekly basis. Uh, which was a very fun way to improve your team. And of course, you should mention... Uh, the franchise mode. I no. mean, franchise mode. No. You gotta talk about the new edition this year. Yes. Long shot. Long shot. Don't forget long shot. Yes, I have that written down here yeah. too. But this is the first time that the NFL, uh, or the Madden games, went with a single story mode, a la FIFA, which it did last year, and... Um, the NBA 2K games, which did it the years before. Story mode. A story mode, for chance. Uh, where it not only put you in the seat of an up-and-coming NFL quarterback trying to make it in the world, but it also gave you a good insight into what you should do uh, in terms of, like, playing the game. Uh, uh, Because it's very... Because a lot of people, like, play football... But are still fans of the football genre, yeah. and it gives you a better understanding of what to do of when you're when you're watching the game, and also what moves you should make when you're playing the game. It's a very how to, but also very much um, like helps you advance your game in a way. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because we had a lot of fun playing with this. Uh, we did, like I briefly mentioned, we did stream the franchise mode a la Sanchez with Mark Sanchez. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. That, Where was it? I don't know. It was kind of torture. <laughs> Towards the end there. A little bit. You got really tortury. Yeah. But it's it's fun nonetheless. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yes, uh, like I said, this was my go-to game just to sit back and play. But because of my go-to game of the year, doesn't mean it was the best game of the year. What was, though? What, what two games do you have above Matt? So, uh, my number two game broke me as a person. <laughs> That's the simplest way to put it. You weren't the only person. No. Judging should I some podcasts I've listened to. Recently. Yes, I'm talking about What Remains of Edith Finch. Yes. How I came across this game was just by happenstance. Mm-hmm. I was looking for new games to play, or games that were uh, being released in the coming uh, weeks. And I remember specifically you were looking for something to stream, because you wanted you had heard that a lot of people were enjoying doing streaming of Edith Finch. Well, no, the game hadn't come out yet. Yeah, but you had heard that was going to be the case. Yes. And so, yeah. Yeah, so I saw that was coming out like later that week. So I, I basically uh, sent you a message and said, "Hey, yeah. check out this game. It's yeah. like Gone Home, but with maybe an actual plot." Oh come on, Gone Home was a plot. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was like, "Hey, this could be interesting." So we uh, bought it um, via the pre-order. Yeah, and not a very long game. It's not like what you say. You say well, we it beat like it in three, three hours. We beat it in three hours. Yeah, and that was included taking our time. We almost like planned a bit in the first run too. Yeah, but that being said, that game broke me as a person. Very interesting game. Like it's it's, it's essentially just this treatise about death. Yeah, it's about uh, your family and how the members of your family died and how they all died in interesting ways. And, like, interesting ways is probably underselling it. Like, yeah. the entire game is basically about, like, let's have flashbacks about, like, the circumstances in which they, they passed. Yes, the unfortunate passings of everybody. Yeah. And some of them are, like, you don't want to go through with because you see what's happening. Yeah. Some of it is uh, fantastical. And other of it, you realize what happened, and you're like, "Oh my god, what the hell did I just do?" The one that sticks with me is the one with about the 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 the, the guy the, 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 who had who was into the fantasy worlds, and it's kind of like him going through almost as if a vi- you were playing a video game in a video game, oh yeah, progressing through the eras of video games, yes. as it, but in his life as like a fish factory worker. Oh yes, yeah, and it's just it's super fascinating the way that they juxtapose video game stuff on top of this guy's mundane life as a fish factory worker. See, the one that got me was the kid in the underwater adventure. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. The that, that, as soon as I ended that one, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> but I also but, want to play. This but game. I also want to see where this thing yeah. ends and where it goes. Yeah, the thing with the where you get onto the ship with the with the the. the the shark. Yes. And the, the shark tumbling. The shark down. tumbling. The tumbling down. Yes, uh, you get uh, pinned up as a as a an owl as well as one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, the animal stuff. Yeah, yeah, where, where you're constantly like where you eat the animal and then you become the animal. It's just a lot of great moments in that game. Yes, there's a reason why this game appeared on a lot of people's top ten lists. Yeah. And the story element is because of it. Also, just 
great graphical well, game, gameplay. I would argue that game is its story. Oh, yeah. There isn't a whole lot of gameplay outside of pressing, knowing what button to press inside the house. Yeah. Because it is kind of like this house that is also like a maze where you're trying to find the different secret rooms and the kind of closed off corridors. Right. But yeah, uh, definitely check out What Remains of the Finch. Yeah. It's... If you're looking for just a great story, this is a game you should definitely check out. It's definitely definitely one of the best story-driven games of the year. For yeah. Sure. But, it's not my, you, but it's not the best game of the year. Well, what is then? Tell me what your favorite game of the year is. My favorite game of the year just happened to not be on my radar because yeah. when I first heard about this game, I went... You poo-pooed it. Nope. I remember when it <laughs> debuted at E3 last year. Yes. I remember when we talked about it and... You were just like, yeah, it looked okay. I'm like, are you sure everybody's freaking out about this thing and you just think it looks okay? Yeah. I was like, eh, machines and arrows? Sure. <laughs> I guess it could be a thing. It shouldn't but make any sense. It shouldn't make any sense. And I yet, thought for me. And yet, how <coughs> much did you play to death? And how much are you still playing to death of Horizon Zero Dawn? <laughs> a, an unexcusable yes. amount. Yes. To the point where you bought it because yeah. you're like, you know what? People like I've been playing this game. I'm gonna buy it because it's probably a game of the year. And I did enjoy a lot of it, but for me being the one who bought it, you played it <laughs> way more than I did. I think I owe you sixty dollars. Nah, don't worry about it. But yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. But yes, so so okay. Yes. What, what do you like so much about Rise of the Oh, I already talked a little bit about it. I know, but I think I already talked some of it on it, but. Just Horizon Zero Dawn was by far and away the best game I played this year. And you finished it and then started it over. Oh yes, I started it over because of the update, uh, the Ultra Game New now, Game did Plus. Did you New Game Plus it? Yes, I'm in the, currently in the middle of New Game Plusing it. Okay. I will finish that before I pick up or uh, Wild, Frozen Wilds, <laughs> Frozen Wild Wild Wilds. Wild Wild Wilds. <laughs> But yeah, this game from its opening cinematic to its final boss fight is phenomenal. It does a great job of world building, not just from Aloy's perspective, but from a lot of the pickups yeah. scattered throughout the world. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting like logs yes. and like materials from the kind of pre uh, uh, pre. Apocalypse world, uh, or as the guy put it, apocalypse shitstorm. Yeah, <laughs> right. When, yes. they, when the machines took over. Yeah, and I like the fact that they made that an entire plotline without ever showing the guy. Yeah, but you could you could follow through his journey as to everything that led up to what happened. It's really great design of of kind of like giving you the option to explore more about the backstory in the world. Without making it required. Right, but also long, long sides of learning what happened in the backstory of, of this world. There's also a forward story of how this world is going to be shaped and how you, you're in that battle of shaping it. Yeah. So it's two stories that intertwine so consistently and yet so diversely that the story should not make sense, and yet it does. Yeah, it's something that shouldn't work because of how crazy that sounds, but it totally works, just like arrows and machines. Yes. It somehow just works. Yes. Somehow Guerrilla Games has made a game that 
defied all my expectations yeah. to change my mind simply through sheer gameplay and the fact that I went back to it. Yeah. Like, like cause normally if you're, when I do single player campaigns, I'll beat it and then like, okay, that was good. Put it back done. on the shelf. Yep, back on the shelf. It's now a trophy. It's like, I'm done. I the fact platinum. that I went back to it right. is a testament to the story of that game, to the gameplay of that game, to just everything yeah. about it. Well, I think that after that, and my shared feelings about this game, and the fact that it was also on my list, this has to be our site number one. I think that, okay, now we have to put a caveat here. <laughs> because we did not own a Nintendo Switch... Yeah, we did not play two of the major games this year that we know we would have loved. Yes. Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Right. So those are two giant gaps. So this is kind of, yeah, you're probably right to call this out. This is a big asterisk on 2017 for us. Right. We'll probably uh, get a Switch next year. Uh, probably sooner than you think. Uh, <laughs> <gasps> Just kidding. <laughs> Don't be surprised. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, ultimately uh, we will be playing those games at some point, but they will not be in this conversation. So yes. Right, because we deal in deal with games that we actually, actually hands-on did play. Yeah, it has to go to Horizon. I, I think so. But there are some things that, I mean, yes, Horizon, I think we both... So we're, so we're, so we're going to call it that Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn is Media Boat's Game of the Year. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Even though, yeah, most people, I mean, most lists that are already out, they're put probably Zelda, I think, was, I think was the main consensus. So far, Zelda's really popular. Uh, also, Nier Automata, which we didn't play either, yes. is getting a lot of love in Game of the Year season. Right. Mario's getting a lot of noms, but yeah. because it's a Nintendo game, it's <laughs> losing to... Um, kind of the multi-platform to, to yeah, yeah, to Zelda. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that'll wrap it up. For not only the video game episode of our wrap-up, but also the wrap-ups of our wrap-ups. Well, no, before we get to that, yeah. we have to do our honorable mentions. Yeah, that's true. There are some games that we did play that we should probably mention here. Yes. Uh, the first game on my honorable mention list is Kingdom Hearts 2.8 HD Final Chapter Prologue. Wow, that is a name. It's definitely a name. Uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because it gave us our first look into what that Unreal Engine 4 will look like with a Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. And the customization in terms of accessories to put on. And it made me happy. <laughs> yes. Gave you your Kingdom Hearts. It gave me my Kingdom Hearts. It gave me a new story. It gave me a good setup to how to bring this story, this 10-year-old story, into the forefront. And it's very... It was a very fresh take. I mean, in terms of just... That alone. Uh, then again, you also had the HD cinematic movie, which just left me with more questions than answers. <laughs> and the gameplay of Kingdom Hearts 3D, Dream Drop Distance, which is confusing title, even more confusing, <laughs> but is definitely a main game to play for Kingdom Hearts fans. Yeah. Uh, that being said... What else? There's other stuff. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, we also have... We would be remiss if we didn't mention Crash Bandicoot Trilogy. Yes, uh, although it's technically not an original game, since it's a re-release, a remake of Re games that came out 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you played a lot of this. Uh, it seems like it was a really, really quality reboot or remake of those games. It yes. did a lot of work 
on making them look great and play great. The first game maybe hasn't aged as well as the other two, but it seems like uh, as a whole package, it's definitely worth the price. And, yes, that uh, package is nice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so it makes sense. Yes. Um, other games that came out uh, this year, in terms of mobile games, Magikarp Jump, which took the world by storm for a month. Oh, God. And Jeopardy World Tour, which we played for a week or so. <laughs> yes. A day. A me. day. <laughs> um... Also, we did play Destiny 2 and Call of Duty World War 2. Yeah, we should probably talk about Destiny 2. We did like it, uh, but we kind of exhausted the disc content within like a week. Right. So, there wasn't a whole lot more for us to do unless we wanted to actually buy it, which we weren't going to. Or go through all the Crucible stuff. Yeah, and Call of Duty, it was uh, a Call of Duty game, but it was also a World War 2 Call of Duty game. So, I kind of lost interest as soon as I finished the campaign. It was kind of a middling campaign this time, and they didn't do enough to multiplayer to make it really compelling. So no, this was I, definitely a skip year in Call of Duty. Yeah, I jumped right into the multiplayer yeah. and was like, okay. Yep. Is this multiplayer? Yep. Um, this game exists. Exists. Uh, um, I have to talk about Shadow of War. This game would have made my list yeah. had they introduced any new mechanic. But really, all they did was basically turn the uh, Nemesis system to 11. Yeah. It seems. They it made was, something that was already good in Shadow of Mordor. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where it seems like everywhere you were going, you couldn't do anything without another orc finding you. Right. <laughs> uh, for that reason, it had to miss out on my list. Yeah. And a game that uh, also missed out on our list, Injustice 2. Yeah, I didn't get to play this this year. Um, I guess you could also say that Jeopardy and um, those came out. Those came out this year. Um, was it Rule of Fortune? But that they wouldn't bundle? be on this list anyways. No, <laughs> no, those are, are laughable at games. Um, yeah. uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms of the games yeah, that we those played. Ones, I can't think of anything specific. I'm sure if I actually like looked back at the things I played this year, there may be something I'm missing. But generally speaking, I think that our lists reflect our year in games. We played the most out of baseball, football, Horizon, Disc Jam. You know, like, those are the games on our list because we played so much of them. Yes, uh, yes. MLB, for sure. Uh, if I hadn't played Madden, would definitely have taken that slot. Yeah. Um, would, you, got, <laughs> would you call that your number six? I'd call that an honorable number six. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe I call Crash Novel number six, even though it is a remake. Madden's my number six. Yeah, I give it only a that. six. It just barely missed it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, overall, strong video game year, um, It's, it's uh, but it is unfortunate that we missed out on the Switch, but we will definitely resolve that in 2018. Right, I think we kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming out. For sure. For sure. not slow down. Next, next year we have stuff like Far Cry 5. Yeah. We have, of course, in the later year... I'm we sure have we God have of like, War of officially War, announced. Class of Us 2, maybe, even. Yep. Um, so, yeah. They did say that Kingdom Hearts... Like, Kingdom Hearts 3. 3 is a 2018 release, although it will probably be pushed back to 2019, knowing how Square Enix works. Uh, we may even get more news on that Final Fantasy 7 remake maybe. in those episodes. So, we'll check out all that in the calendar year 2018, but for now, let's wrap up this episode. Okay. So, that will do it for our year-end wrap-up of 2017. So, this week we've covered movies, TV, 
music and video games exactly in that order. Yes. All week long for you, as long uh, alongside a regular podcast we did on Wednesday. So if you haven't listened to all of that, look back at our archives. We have all of that waiting for you in our Apple Podcasts uh, section. Just search Media Pope Podcast. We also have write-ups for all our uh, year-end lists on MediaBoatPodcast.com. That's also where we uh, serve up our usual features, including box office numbers and new releases, so check it out there, as well as our thoughts about all the new releases that we enjoy. Or don't enjoy, depending on their release. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, at MediaBoatCast. You can find us on Facebook. Just search MediaBoatPodcast in your search bar. You can find us on twitch.tv playing video games every once in a while we'll be streaming some Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune pretty soon here so check that out oh yes yeah, that's the game we should have mentioned Jackbox 4 came Jackbox out this Jackbox 3 is the one we've been playing though. yeah but Jackbox Before 4 came out. out this year I've been playing a lot of that on Twitch with other people yeah uh, that is a lot of fun uh, definitely check out the Jackbox those are cool in general because they're good party games then uh, also uh, you, can, you can help us out if you want to make our uh uh, uh, lives even better and make our content even better, you can donate on patreon.com. Patreon.com slash mediavote is where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us out. Alrighty, that will do it for this podcast and for the just about the year as a whole. I think we have just one more podcast. Yeah, we have one more in us and that's going to be our 2017 wrap-up podcast where we talk about the craziest things that happened during the year. So check that out at the very, very end of the year. Yes, that would be... That's including everything that happened not only in stuff we talked about mm-hmm. uh, in terms of movies, TV, music, and video games, but also stuff we don't usually talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, big events in sports, big events in politics, world events, stuff that affected and shaped 2017 as a whole. So that'll be our final podcast for the year. Tune in before the first, probably the 30th or 31st for that one. So check out that this weekend. In the meantime, we'll be back in 2018. So check us out. Yes. Then. We start a season three. Check us out oh, season three. Media Boat Podcast. We will see you and we must go. So have a good one. Yes. Bye. Enjoy what remains of 2017. And we'll there see you all of, <laughs> on the other side yes. in 2018. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.